Welcome back, everyone. We're here uh, in the Upper Room Studios. This is Manual Override. We are back after our three-year, three or four-year <laughs> hiatus due to COVID and then some. Um, I think the last time we did a podcast, I didn't have any kids. Now I have two kids, and it's just been a long haul. But we're here. Um, your hosts, myself, Andrew McGarry, and Robert Demergent. We are here in my uh, my apartment studio upstairs. We have our guest, Matt. Hello. You want to give us a little uh, name intro? Sure. Where you're from? Yep. My name is Matt. I'm from Sterling, Massachusetts. Um, My address is? <laughs> I also run uh, Watchmen on the Wall, YouTube channel, blog. Um, I have a bit shoot. Yep. And what's what's the other social media called that's more for woke people like us? Uh Rumble. Rumble. Rumble, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Rumble. It's also uh, co-opted. Uh, you know, so. so in the future going forward, I'll team up with these two with my own podcast and platform and combine forces and share the truth with you guys. Amen. Yeah. So what are we doing today? <clears throat> well, back three years ago when we were, uh, you know... <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago, how things change. Um we actually did two parts to our spiritual warfare podcast, and we got into some really um, deep stuff. And I don't know who lost it. Maybe it was me. Hundred percent. Probably me. Hundred yeah. percent. Someone lost the second half of that that podcast and never uploaded it. So <laughs> I thought, in the spirit of that, we would just tackle it again. Let's let's talk about spiritual warfare because <clears throat> something that I, I've been thinking about a lot is how we are entering a world that is more and more naturalistic and people do not see the enemy for who he is the devil and, and the system that is around us so um i know i know that uh matt's going to share some stories i might share some stories yeah. andrew's going to share um so are we going to talk about spiritual warfare specifically or is it spiritual <laughs> topics uh, we'll, we'll see where the conversation goes but i think we uh, let's start with um maybe stories that we've encountered or things we understand Sure. In pertaining to just the spiritual realm in general, um, and then maybe we could segue into, uh, you know, spiritual warfare. Other things, yeah, really other things rabbit, yeah. rabbit trails. Yeah, and and we might get into a top talk on the spiritual realm itself and and, and that kind of stuff. So cool. Well, we'll go ahead and start, Matt. If you want to go ahead and lead us into one of the stories you want to share. Sure. Um, I was a very young child when I, when I was aware that the spiritual realm existed. And I think all kids have an innate, innate uh, sense of the spiritual. Um, I was around three years old, two and a half to three years old when I had my first encounter. Um, so back then, uh, my family was very tight on money. So my dad wanted my mother to go work part time. So that would mean I would need to be babysat. So my mom would bring me over to my grandparents' house on my father's side uh, to be watched by them. Now, you know, you may not think, oh, that's not a big deal. But they kept me down in their basement Ooh. all afternoon long. They were kind of like on the crazy end, like they were very um, unaware of... Maybe I should keep watch over this child so he doesn't get bored or hurt himself. So I would find myself downstairs in their basement, alone in my high chair for hours. 
And it just so happened that... How old were you, Candy? Two and a half, two I'd say three. <clears throat> and my grandparents purchased that home dirt cheap because three people were murdered in that basement. Mm. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but... My goodness. Dang. <laughs> it, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So... While I was down in that basement, so they just there was, they just kept you in your high chair two years old. Yeah, like they the go basement. upstairs, do their own thing, come and check on me every so often. What was my, it, what was in the basement? I'm just just yeah. sitting there, like fireplace, a desk, an armchair, table. Was it like a finished basement? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like a dirt. No, no, they weren't. It wasn't like, like silence. No, of the they lambs. weren't. No, they weren't keeping me in some cold unfinished <laughs> basement. <laughs> it they, wasn't a Massachusetts basement. <laughs> Yeah, they were the more absent-minded type. Um, so I'd find myself down in this basement, and I had encounters with demons. There was a spiritual force, a an attachment that the demons had to that basement due to a heinous crime, a sin being committed. Demons are attracted to locations where sin has taken place. Um, there's a lot of energy there that they they harness. And so the first time I saw a demon was one of those uh, afternoons I was in that basement. It appeared to me as a tall black shadow with red eyes. No mouth, no face, just red eyes, shadow. And I knew it wasn't speaking to me, but I knew I felt the, the force from this being that it wanted to rip me apart and maul me, and it hated me. Mm. But there was a shield around me, a spiritual shield of prayer and protection from the Holy Spirit, because my mother was praying unceasingly every time she had to leave me there. And my mom wasn't aware that this was going on. I was only two and a half, three, couldn't really vocalize it. But I knew from that young age that the Lord was protecting me, that this entity could not get me because there was God there mm. protecting me. And there would be a few times where the carpet would appear as flames to me. So that added an extra layer of, you know, freakiness. From that, from those experiences, I then began to have severe night terrors. Mm in the night I would be half asleep half awake I would be sleepwalking even though I, I was fully awake I would be in this trance like state now my mother thought it was just a bad dream like sleepwalking but it was actually um, demonic attacks and harassment I don't know why they chose me or what happened maybe it was you know, they, I think it was really they were trying to affect me and traumatize me to the point because maybe they knew the type of future I would have. I'm not certain. But these night terrors occurred for about five to six years from like age three to nine or ten. And then one day my mother realized that it was a spiritual thing because when I was old enough to vocalize what I was seeing, she, it dawned on her, oh my gosh, these are demons attacking my son. 
Mm. That, the, that night where she realized it was a night where I was lying in my bed and there were three or four figures surrounding my bed and I couldn't move, I was paralyzed. And that's when the episode started. I walked out into the upstairs hallway, pacing back and forth, repeating, it's coming after me, it's coming after me, it's coming after me, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. Were you saying that consciously or? Like yes. awake? Yes. How old were you? Uh, I'd say seven, seven around that age. Hmm. So my seven-year-old came out, started saying that, I'd be yeah. flipping out. Yeah. So my mother, were you, can I ask, were you raised in, what sort of uh, Christian background were you raised in? What denomination? Oh, we went to uh, a Baptist church. So it wasn't like ultra charismatic? No, but my, my mother was very, at that point when I was around seven, she was learning a lot of things on her own about spiritual warfare. Um, she had just begun helping uh, women that have gone through satanic ritual abuse. She was getting into theophostic prayer. So she kind of, she was more equipped to deal with what I was going through. Okay. So so back to pacing on the, so you're pacing up at the top of the stairs <clears throat> in kind of a half awake state. Yes. So she then prayed with me, commanded the demons to leave in Jesus' name and never return to me. She took authority in Jesus' name and from that night on, the attack stopped. Mm. Wow. So those few years of constant night attacks just stopped. Yeah. Wow. She invoked the name of Jesus, used the authority that was given to her through Jesus, and it stopped. And since then, I have helped others be free of demonic attacks by using that same authority in Jesus Christ. So it's one aspect of the faith that I think many Christians don't really understand but need to. That we are like deputies here on planet Earth. Jesus is the, the, the chief. The sheriff. We are the sheriff and we are the deputies. And we carry that authority that Jesus has as his deputies. Second Corinthians 5, 18-21. Uh, um, now... I'm making a, an appeal. I think uh, something to the effect of I'm making an appeal as though as though Christ were making an appeal. I'm doing it as though Christ were doing it. So we're representatives. We're representatives for the gospel uh, and stewards to administer that to other people. Well, priesthood of, or the nation of priests. Like It just reminds me of like the priesthood ministering. Of all believers. Yeah, we're just yeah, we're agents. Yeah, but that passage specifically says okay. we are ambassadors. Like oh. that's like a representative for Christ on his behalf as though he were making an appeal to the nations to repent and believe. Um, and that's that's pretty cool. So we do have that authority and I don't think that's something uh, a lot of Christians take into account sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, we know that we know that we're saved, we know that Jesus loves us and we know that we are forgiven of our sins, but um, and we know that we should evangelize, but but we do that because literally Christ's heart is that all people would come to know him and repent and believe and be saved. Mm. And so that comes with the whole kit is the teaching, it's the authority, it's the power of, of the Holy Spirit, it's um, 
that is that is what the church is here to do is to establish Christ's kingdom uh, to establish a beachhead so yeah and one verse I like on the topic of spiritual authority is Luke 10:19 behold I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you Matt, you know, <clears throat> I want to... You're not a snake handler, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I want to, to kind of share a little bit of kind of my experience in in a very similar way. What were you saying? You are saying... The figures? No, no, no. I've never seen anything. I, I don't want to touch on that. Okay, you... I, I just yeah, we mention, can come back to I'll it. mention... We can go next, but I, I'm just thinking, like, I know I've never seen anything... Mm-hmm. Um, but I have felt things, and I I struggle oh, yeah. with night terrors a lot. Mm. When I really when I really kind of got through a lot of theological delusion in my life and started dealing with sin in my life for the first time, like really, you mm-hmm. know, in college I started dealing with with certain sins. Mm-hmm. Then I <clears throat> started dealing with sleep paralysis, like I had never before, and I would fe- sometimes I'd feel things, oh. um, but. Um, my mother again she she was praying every time she's prayed for me i've said hey mom i need you to pray um and it's it stopped it took a while i remember, wow. I remember when i first asked her to pray but and then like a, like a month later it stopped and never returned and then um every time i've moved to a new state or a new living situation there's been a time where i like when i just moved into my new apartment that first night Mm. I would, I really felt it. It was really strange, like really all of a sudden that night. And so then I prayed. And um, so it was very interesting. You know, there's something there. And I'd always pray, like, God, I pray that you would, you know, move the, you know, send the demons to uh, somewhere in the middle of the ocean. You know, and I make it, you know, I'm like, I try to make it. People say, send them, you know, outside of this neighborhood. And I'm like, well, just send them into the ocean somewhere where there's no one. Where there's no shipping lanes, you know. So, um, I've I've heard some intense prayer ladies say, "I command you in Jesus' name to go to the abyss." There you go. Just Real send them intense. right. Just send them right. Or the feet of Jesus. I like that one better. Yeah. No, that's ooh, that's that's a good one. There you go. So, Andrew, go ahead. Do you want to share? Um, I, I'm just interested in the uh, yeah. the the figures. You said four figures were standing around your bed, or mm-hmm. something. You know, something to that effect. Um, yep. you're seven so you might not have the best memory of it but I'm sure it made an impact on you but I, I just think it's interesting because it sounds a lot like uh, almost like an abduction encounter well it's interesting you say that because one part I forgot to mention was that there was an un- unfolding ladder coming through my bedroom ceiling what? Yep. it wasn't like physically there but I saw a ladder coming down. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, Jacob's ladder. It's similar. It, it's but interesting. It wasn't you angels. It wasn't holy angels around me. It, it, they were demons. Well, yeah, I wonder if it, you know. Like, well, portal. <clears throat> well, potentially. I mean, I, I I just think it makes me think of Jacob's ladder, but yeah. it's almost like a a twisted, yeah. corrupted yep. version of that, which is what people see as like. UFO yeah. beams of light, you know, the tractor beams. Yeah, it looked like a ladder that you would pull down from your attic. 
Okay, yeah. retractable letter. Yeah. So, and that's the thing, and we, we talked about this last time we talked about spiritual warfare was the Harvard study that compared yep. paranormal 1992. and ET. Yep. And so, again, they saw it's the same thing. And again, this is kind of the change of paradigm as we move into like a naturalistic worldview, we still have to explain the paranormal. But mm-hmm. we're just using it with the veneer or the, uh, the, the you know, just 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 that that kind of shroud of oh they're aliens but but they've opened it they're behaving the same way the abductions the whatever you want to call it and so it's interesting because you know we call it an alien abduction but is it some sort of um ritual or something like that uh yeah there's a there's a study done by harvard um and they were studying the uh similarities between uh ufo abduction encounters and um I think ritual abuse. Do you have the name of it? I don't. I don't have it on me. I'm looking for it now. Um, let's see. <clears throat> but they were studying the similarities, and they were just kind of astounding at how many similar similarities there were between the the encounters that people had uh, with ritual abuse mm-hmm. and people's alleged alien abduction encounters. The, there's a there's a lot of overlap, and it's kind of surprising. So it just makes you think. You know. Why are these people mm-hmm. having these encounters, and why are they all so similar? Is there is there a correlation? Um, it's it's a pretty interesting study. I'll see if I can find it. And uh, one thing that <clears throat> these um, these researchers of these quote unquote alien abductions, mm-hmm. ET abductions, what they have found is that whenever the name of Jesus is invoked, or if there is a prayer. That's what I was going to say. The abduction halts. And it's been thrown under the carpet by a lot of secular ufologists. I know, because it's just, it shows you so blatantly Mm -hmm. that that this is a spiritual encounter. Yeah. I've seen it countless times, actually, in a lot of these kind of UFO researchers who become Christian. They're like, you know, they, they don't want you to know this. They keep, you know, but... But every, time and time again, you, you say the name of Jesus, the spiritual encounter, the UFO encounter, it just stops. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, Matt, I didn't know if, did you want to continue sharing any other stories, or did you... Sure, uh, I'll, I'll share uh, another two, and then I can let you guys okay. share your uh, testimonies with this subject. Um. A more recent one that occurred back in, I'd say, 2017, 2018, uh, occurred one night when I was uh, under the influence of alcohol. I wasn't blackout drunk. I remember everything vividly. But I, uh, my best friend's dad had just recently passed away due to cancer, and... We found ourselves just sitting at the kitchen table of the uh, house we were all renting. And we thought, oh, let's get drunk and go to this party. Why not? Gotta have a good time. This just happened. And very bad call. I knew better. I knew the impl- the repercussions and implications of what the enemy can do with drunkenness and taking part of sin. But I was with my friend and I wanted to support him but I wasn't really supporting him I just went along with it now 
at the party I got fairly drunk not blackout at that point I I was partying and drinking for about a year so I knew like the sweet spot of feeling drunk but not blackout drunk where I forget everything and like puke everywhere so I get back home of course my wife is very unhappy with me but um, she tells me to you know sleep it off we are sleeping in we were actually house sitting at someone's house I won't name any names but in front of the door of the bedroom a big fat pale Buddha looking like demon appears to me and starts mocking me now what's what, what do you mean mocking you he was just mocking me about how did did you hear something or did you see it, I I was awake I know, but did, you, did it say something? Yeah, it was, to paraphrase, it was basically hmm. making fun of me for sinning, even though I know it was wrong. Hmm. And it was saying things like, you're, you're forever going to be a drunk, you have no future. And just, like, telling me all these things that were going to happen as fact. Like, I would lose my job, my wife, uh, no future. Mm -hmm. Of course, lies from the pit of hell. Hmm. But... There was a grain of truth in it if I had kept going in that way of drinking every weekend. So, yeah, a big, fat, Buddha-looking, like, grotesque demon. I sensed it was, you know, a demon of gluttony, of just... Sloth. Sloth and excess. Now, what's interesting is it was the same demon that was over the living room ceiling at the my friend's house that we were renting. All of us bros were all pooling in to rent out this house that my uh, parents owned. And I had a friend who would just sit in his chair playing video games all day long, every day. It was the same demon of sloth laziness, um, excess, and my good friend Hamalio, who sees in the spirit, pointed that demon out to my brother and I to take care of it. So that afternoon, I confronted that demon, I told it to leave in Jesus' name, used the authority I was given by the Lord, told it to leave, and it left. Now... Later on that evening, I decided to partake in sin in that same demon. Maybe he was getting revenge or trying to prove a point to me. He then attacked me that night. And what's interesting to point out is, even if you are in sin or you've messed up, you can still fight in the spiritual. Hmm. You know, just because I decided to sin doesn't mean that the demons don't respect the name of Jesus you, and that you authority. Still have that authority. Yeah, that's one thing I learned that night. <clears throat> one, one correction: it wasn't a Harvard study; it was an MIT study. I found it. Hmm. Um, What's it called? Uh, satanic ritual abuse and alien abduction comparison. Uh, interesting. Um, and MIT did a study. Uh, comparing the results of the accounts so like you know uh the spreadsheet basically 
examines like what people saw in those encounters. It was like they both were wearing hoods, or they both had, you know, uh, I don't know, some Cloaks. sort of tracking device <laughs> embedded, or Ooh. you know, stuff like this. Like basically, it compared what people saw in these encounters: the satanic ritual abuse mm-hmm. and uh, the alien abduction encounters. Okay. So that's what it covered. <clears throat> Interesting. So, so Matt, you so so that was a more recent encounter you yeah, had. Yeah, I would say that was around twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Okay, and the way that that thing ended was you told it to leave. But so maybe we could talk a little bit about there is a legal realm in, and we mm-hmm. see this we see this in the book. But there is a legal realm in the spiritual realm. Mm. I mean, this this seems to make sense when we talk about things like imputed righteousness. Or you mean a, a legal... A legal... There is... There's there a is, law of the spiritual realm? That would be a good way of putting okay. it, yeah. Um, like, for example, you know, like we look at, you know, faith in Christ leads to us being being brought into the family of God because God says this is how it works, or the death of Christ, you know, we, we look at these kinds of things. Um, ways know, pain, things work. Way things work. But but here's, the, here's where I'm going with this is when we sin... We are partnering with the devil. We are opening doors for the demonic. Maybe we could talk a little bit about this. Does anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, I, I think that stands to my own encounters. Stands to stands to reason. Mm. Um, I, I, I think there are different levels to it, though. Like, mm. when we sin, ultimately it's our choosing ourself, our own desires, over mm. what God wants us to do. Or wants for us, but then there are things like Matt's testimony, where you know he was in a basement where someone was murdered, mm. uh, or a few people were murdered, and that's that's on like a different level. And I don't know exactly how it functions, but um, I do know that when there is a, I'll say like a, I don't know, I hesitate to talk about trauma because trauma is so trendy right now. It just mm. feels like everyone trendy has, trauma. Yeah, but like when there is a a trauma, it's a violent thing like that, it opens up. Um, well, you I, see it, this with the occult all the time. Yeah, you know, I think they're... it. I think it does kind of give a foothold to uh, spiritual reality, and I don't know exactly how it functions. But like, yeah. if you look at the Old Testament, there were high places where people um, did sa- sacrifices. They had they had sacrifices, but they also you know committed immoral acts, and mm. and like when they did that, there it gave that place power. power. Demons seemed to to like to Probably congregate okay. there. Um, but also, I mean, we look at Mount Sinai, you know, where Elijah went and God met him. And mm. Moses went and received the Ten Commandments. And, um, mm. like, I'm pretty sure Abraham was there. He saw the burning bush close to that spot. Like, uh, yeah. all, all so. like, um, there's a guy by the name of Michael Heiser. I, some yep. people aren't a fan of him. Um, I think he does a lot of good work, at least in... The, the angelology yeah the, he has a book called the unseen realm he's got you know you can find that all over YouTube and the internet and that's really phenomenal stuff that he talks about um, <clears throat> he talks about uh, how how the the unseen realm kind of functions but he does it biblically and he kind of pieces things together mm. it's pretty interesting um, but you're talking about you know, Footholds and things like that, and 
it 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 uh i think one thing that it so sin doesn't always open a portal or give a foothold necessarily mm -hmm. but i know that uh when we when we dwell on it when we hold unforgiveness in our hearts then that opens us up to you know a deeper demonic attachment mm. you know what i mean it's like yeah. i had i had something happened to me when i was young like younger you know i was in my teens but like the 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 anger that it produced in my heart created this sort of this mm. this bitterness in my heart and this this violent anger that just like it had nowhere to go but it mm. was also it was my own stewing on it but it was also what was done to me was a sin and it's just mm. like it was this snowball effect of of unholiness and it it, it can happen that way it can function that way I don't know if you have experienced anything like that. Well, I believe that it seems that we can attract... <clears throat> I mean, I, I've, I've done, done a lot of reading into like generational sin and curses and all that. And on one hand, people will say, when you accept Christ, he breaks all that off. And, and it's a done deal. Some say, well, the whole point of, you know exorcism in the catholic church or even my uh i believe it was my great uncle was an exorcist in the armenian uh orthodox i don't know if it was orthodox but he okay. was he was an exorcist and he would write or he did he was a priest but he he wrote pamphlets on exorcism and the music industry and how it was evil and satanic yeah. and all that um but or at least he distributed them to me um but uh that is something I've seen. And actually, a, a friend of mine's a dad, it was a, a Mr. Preston, actually, Daniel's dad, he was um, talking to me about how there were a lot of, uh, I think he said evangelical pastors were going to, um, I don't know where they were going, but they were being, they were being taught how to do, perform exorcisms by uh, the Catholics. Yep. Um just because, and, and they only did it to other Christians, because the first step was believing, and then it was kind of the, now we're cleansing the outer core. You know, we, the, the, I, I heard, I, I once met kind of a deliverance healer guy once, and we're kind of going all over the place, but what I'm trying to say is, like, some people believe that, like this deliverance healer, like, that when you are saved, you're sealed, like, they believe your heart is, like, the temple. Sure. You know, you have your inner Holy of Holies, the Holy Spirit's there, but, and he gave an example to the, um, I think it was the, may have been Ezekiel, where, I forgot who it was, where there was sin and idolatry going out, going on in the outer court, while God's presence was actually still, oh, this was right before God's presence leaves. Yeah, Ezekiel. Um, so, okay, so then it was Ezekiel. But he but he used this as kind of, well, you know, we could say that this is kind of like, so again, it's not exactly. So you're saying not because, exactly, because someone's saved, they can't be, like, possessed? Uh, oppressed. He And he doesn't, oppressed. like, and he actually went in, in his book, he went into a lot of detail dismantling oppression, and and he, he dismantled oppression and um, possession. Yeah, so... Uh, parse that out to find those two. He so he just called it demonization. So oppression would be possession would be a total control. You, you know, a, de a demon is having almost unhindered control of a person, right? Yeah. Um, oppression would be something 
that a lot of evangelicals would call, well, that Christian's struggling with a besetting sin and um, they've invited, you know, depression, a strong depression or, or um, you know, wanting to harm yourself or anger. You know, it's, it's um, he just used the term demonization, which is, he, you know, he kind of went into the Greek and talked, what was his name? Um, if I can remember the name, I'll, I'll I, I got to remember the book that I read, but um. But so this is kind of like how some people think about this. It's it's demonization and it, it can be brought on by your sin. Um, Was it uh, Meryl Unger? No. Uh, Tarek Prince? No. Meryl, Un Meryl F. Unger? He's an old school guy. He talked about that. <laughs> yeah. I Sounds mean, this, this topic has been around for a long time and a lot of evangelicals have written about it. Well, that, that's the question for me is like, okay, you come to faith, but... That doesn't mean everything's purified Resolved. and dandy. Well, well I, I mean, I'm actually just was just studying this. Was um, when I say purified, I mean, like, you're not made holy. You yeah. are made righteous, righteous between you and God. You but, know, you're, you're saying, but your practices, yeah, and that's that's what I mean. I just want to clarify okay. that. Yeah, no, I, and that's actually what I I was just writing about this a little bit is the difference between your positional righteousness. At the moment of you know being justified by faith alone and walking things out in your sanctification, which is what we all the all Christians yeah. are in, but if is part of that sanctification process, yeah, dealing with the demonic strongholds that say, hey, alcoholism, sexual addiction, whatever it is, that your family anger, you know, these things that that plague families generationally, and this is kind of anecdotal, but there are many people i have met where the sins of the especially when it came to daughters and mothers um, i remember it was it was one lady she was telling me how her mother abandoned her when she was 14 and when her daughter was 14 there was some sort of incident with the police and some mix-up and yeah. she almost was taken away at that same time in her daughter's life. It just repeats. And if she was like, this life. is so weird, like yeah. this exact thing. But God brought her through that and it didn't happen, but it almost happened. And so it, to me it was, again, are there these kinds of, there's just so much. Generational patterns. Well, there, there's so much going on. And the question is, how much do we need to know about it? You know, I mean, what does the Bible reveal to us and show us how to deal with these things? So that we can live mature Christian lives that are, you know, uh, taking back what what the devil is trying to destroy us with. So yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, do you have any thoughts? No, I'm just I'm just processing what uh, Robert was saying, thinking it through. I, I mean, it's to me, it, it's something that I, I feel I'm understanding more and more again i mean now I, I have a little bit of personal experience with this stuff again when you use sleep paralysis i mean at first it's like you know you go online and you look at the what what does the secular world kind of say about this oh your your brain is switching sleep phases and that's it and i kind of dug into that a little bit and i'm like but why why is the pervading you know experience yeah, the dread, dread and, and terror, and, and, terror and, and dark figures where's that coming from where, where is that coming from and why and again it's this 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 fixation of the naturalistic world to you know make everything just chemical interactions in the brain because you're an animal like it to me it's so naive you know materialistic and again and, and again this is just the the uh belief system of you know us us 
you know, that this... It, yeah. Go ahead. Just on a tangent for that. It's it's strange because no matter no matter who you are or where you go, you're going to have to believe in something. And mm-hmm. you end up with some sort of religious framework because everyone does, whether it's Christianity or uh, Islam or, you know, Hinduism. Everyone builds a religious faith structure. For mm-hmm. them. And in the West, it's Christianity, but it's becoming more especially in Europe, it's becoming more materialistic atheism. Yeah. And what you find there is like, it's interesting, uh, it's interesting to see people, like they still, or at least they are going back to almost like their pagan roots. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. You know, the uptick in witchcraft. Do you, do you want to get into more some new Like age? spiritism yeah. and all that. It seems like it's dramatically increased in the past, even, you know, five to ten years you see books at barnes and noble about you know spell casting and wicca yeah, yeah. and like all this stuff it's just it's crazy it, like people are going back yeah. to pagan roots it's very unusual well so matt you you mentioned something in our in our the youtube video we did years ago on um the i called it the light and dark sides of like satan's liar luciferianism because in that that animated film that we watched <clears throat> um and critiqued it does exactly that. There's a dark side of clearly this is, and, and you clued me into this. I'd never thought of this before, Matt. But you were, it's that kind of like the there. There's obviously the, the ritual abuse and and the the, the, the circles of, of trafficking that go on and all that dark darkness. That's that's there, but then there's this other side of the lie where it's like, well, we are actually gods and we will ascend to godhood and all we need to do is tap into our inner consciousness or you know, contact the alien ascended masters and then we'll, you know, and, and you do see this thinking. And, and, and so Matt, you cued us into me into this years ago. Cause I was like, I saw the new age, but I didn't really see the full kind of like lie that it was presenting. But then second, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and people talk recently, or I forgot who it was that was shared this originally, but it was atheism doesn't work and it will run its course. And people will be forced to fill the spiritual void with something. Sure. And, I, and I think we are getting to that point in our generation where people are filling the spiritual void, but it is but it is new age. It is not Christian. And we're answering these questions with aliens or spirit beings or, well, we're actually gods ourselves. And, and we're getting into all this stuff. Yeah. And again, we, we don't have a clear view of... When you when you approach the Bible, and you take it at, at <coughs> face value, you are we are seeing that God is defining reality. You know, I have, I have a lot of friends. You know, I work with a couple of guys at work, and they, you know, he'll say, "Oh, the the, the Bible is just a tool for the elites to control everyone." You know, that's right. what religion is. It's just a tool. And I said, "Well, prove it. Prove it that is this not the Word of God? How do you know that? Because because it's like." You know, when you want to just discredit religion, you want to discredit everything. Well, we have to prove that. We can't just say that, number one. But number two, um, how are we going to define reality? If if you throw out, like, like it's like, how do you even define truth? If you're going to throw out everything, then you have to rely. And this is the problem with atheism. <clears throat> just we're relying on a purely kind of... Um, you know, when you use the five senses and how... Again, and I think that there's, there's for a purely scientific you know, worldview and model, but you run into philosophical sure. 
conundrums. Dilemmas. You or yeah, you you cannot answer that. There are there are certain things you cannot answer as a human, and it gets into philosophy and logic. But if you take the biblical record at face value, where you say God has demonstrated it in in His record of history, number one, that this Bible is accurate, but number two it is true, then why am I doing all this? I'm saying this gives us a worldview for defining the spirit realm. It fixes your paradigm. Yeah, it fixes your paradigm. And, and I, that's so important because now people aren't seeing the father of lies for who he really is. They're seeing it as, and, and <coughs> maybe we'll get into this in a subsequent podcast, but again, preparing the way for deceptions, you know, and, and stuff coming down the line. And I, we're not going to get in that tonight because I think that's for another podcast, but um, we do see that. So I, I just I just think that that's so important that people get back to their roots and see um, and, and see these, the, you know, see the spiritual realm for what it is instead of trying to partner with it. And, and, and so one thing I was thinking about uh, as you were talking about all that I, it is my personal belief that a, so you, you mentioned like there's that really dark, um, mm -hmm. bloody ritual, like blackness, that type of, uh, evil Satanism. Sa Satanism. Yeah. Do you think the mass populace would like that or no. adopt that? No. 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 So what's the other side of that? It's the become like gods, new age, white, light. That's going to that's going to cater to a lot more people than oh it's blood more... sacrifices, <clears throat> rituals, mm -hmm. dark cloaks in a basement, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting because everyone Everyone needs to have faith in something. Mm -hmm. And even surveys show that, like, people, you know, Christianity may be declining, but that doesn't mean people are ceasing to believe in, in spiritual things. Because you ask mm -hmm. anyone on the street, yeah, I've had, you know, encounters with ghosts, out or, of, you know, out-of-body yeah. experiences. People, people say they're spiritual. When I say I had these experiences, I mean, like, Speaking you ask people on the streets, and they say, yeah, sure, you know, I believe in a supernatural... Uh, realm, I, you know, I might believe they might believe in ghosts or you know a god or you know that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. it's not that people don't believe these things, but they don't have a correct understanding. They don't have the they don't have the right view. They don't have the they don't, right they don't have the like the frame the paradigm the put it into. Yeah, Matt, you, you go ahead. Yeah, and we can get into this in uh, following podcasts, but all of this that you see, the uptick in spirituality. New Age, all of this white magic and becoming like gods, mm. it's all in preparation for the Antichrist and his mm. system. Yeah. Albert Pike, in his book, Morals and Dogma, 33rd Ooh. degree Scottish Rite Freemason, was mm -hmm. a general for the South in the Civil War. Yeah. Confederacy. Confederacy. Um, he wrote specifically in one of his books pertaining to Freemasonry, mm -hmm. that the religion of Freemasonry stems from Lucifer, the light of Lucifer, mm -hmm. the light bringer. So a lot of people are going to be attracted to that <clears throat> side of what Lucifer brings. Mm -hmm. 
you know. I, I think that's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's so interesting. They see, again, Lightbringer or Prometheus, right? You mm -hmm. know, we see this idea of a corruption of the biblical narrative. Who's telling the truth? It's all over media. Satan came down to free us from the evil God. Sure. You know, this kind of idea. Or the Watchers or something yeah. like that. And he's going to use his Messiah mm -hmm. to free the world and rid the world of its horrors and the violence and the oppression. But really, it's a bait and switch. Mm -hmm. Once that man is established and starts his rule, <clears throat> then that's when all hell breaks loose. Well, the, the bloodshed, the, yeah. the tribulations, the trials, the... The, the man of lawlessness. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's it's interesting it uses that term where um, and, and I, I don't wanna I, I don't wanna get off of the, the light sure, deception. It, yeah. Because I think that you're Matt, you're making such a good point is the majority of the population has a conscience from God. It mm -hmm. says in doesn't it say in Romans they We that, all have that a that conscience. We all, and yet we all have a conscience and it bears witness against us. But here's the here's the thing is they use that, and by they I mean people who are perpetrating this kind of evil in league with the devil, if you want to use that term. And we see that, clear. More and more people are seeing the the blatant open darkness. Talk about Balenciaga or any of these you know companies that have blatantly shown you they're trafficking, and they tell you right there. And nobody does anything. People talk about it. Well, there's backlash now. There, there's backlash now, but the point is, actually, there, there was an interest. Someone made made the comment that they put this stuff out. They're almost as retributive karma in the sense that, like, if you continue to buy our products, you're endorsing us because you know we've told yeah. you. Yeah. Very so interesting. Get back to that though. The, the the light. The yeah. So 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 we have a conscience, right? And so what these people are doing is they are what? It's like the father of lies. They're just twisting it. They're, they're like everything we've seen in these past couple of years has been in the guise of good. Black Lives Matter, for example, right? We look at, I know we, we, people don't want to talk about this kind of stuff, but it's like, you know, we talked, we already did a whole podcast on this kind of stuff where it's like, right? Like, hey, we want to fight for, for equality. Okay. But is burning down a building helping anyone? You know, like, like we get into this stuff or... Or what was what was the another example we were just talking about? But it's like we have seen how people's emotions have been played, their consciences have been played. But it's again, it's for a dark motive. There, there is, there is, it is, there is a lie behind it. And, yeah, um, I'm kind of kind of getting off track, but it's Let's like, where it takes you. but but like yeah, it's like it's like when we look at the end times deception, or at least for that foreshadowing of it, we see. Um, we see that people are are they're, they're not real students of what's going on. They they're 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 the whole they're they've been led astray with half truths. But this reminds me of Romans, where it says they they gave up the truth of God for a lie, and God has given them over to a debased mind. It's interesting. It reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. I I would say the people who are peddling these things or or uh, pushing these agendas socially. Mm -hmm. have seared consciences. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have good consciences, which is why people yeah. want to participate in Black Lives Matter. Yeah, black people are brothers and sisters in Christ. They are humans. We need to, you know, treat them fairly. Mm -hmm. That's what people want. That's ultimate, That's the good motive underneath Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. The twisted part is when people are using it as 
uh, a footstool to you Dest know, destroy line history. their pockets and you know skew history or, or to, to to dismantle and and yeah I, I just listened to a to a podcast <laughs> so <laughs> I've been listening to well Sue's got me to listen to um, Alex Clark she's a conservative female and she does she, but she brings on amazing guests which her most recent guest was a uh, uh, just now Christian girl who kind of grew up. Christian went to a liberal college, worked at uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign during the Donald Trump election, and she shared a lot about how, um, you, you know, the, the brainwashing works, and how she how she, how she fell further and further away from God, but as she got close, opened the door to God again, she started to see how again people's minds were just being. Um, Excuse me. There was a point. Yeah, she well, made that was that, that was what I was going to talk yeah. about. It's like it's it's not that most people have skewed, I don't know, like really twisted and corrupt paradigms. You know, mm -hmm. like yeah, they do. They're you know, people are people are sinful, but they want to do good for society. Like sure, that's the sure. point. But what what I'm getting at is people are so easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. Like people are described in scripture as sheep, mm -hmm. and these are you know these are people that wanted to follow Jesus. Like, he describes them as sheep. They need help. They're kind of dumb. That's what we are. And people want a leader. And I think ultimately this ties into why no society will function perfectly until Christ comes back. Mm. It's like, we, we desperately want to be told what to do. We want to be led. We want to be fed. We want to be taught. Like, that's what we had in the garden. And we blew it. And now we don't have that. Mm. Like... The reason Christ came incarnately is because he needed to interact with us on a human level. Like, he wanted to, but he, he needed to because we couldn't understand anything else. It's like we had to see a person. We needed someone in the flesh. We needed someone who could take us by the hand and say, you need to, you need to go this way. You need to do it this way. Like, that's what humanity yeah. wants, and that's what ultimately we'll get when, when Christ returns. But that's, what we, that's also why the man of sin is going to be so successful. Because people are easily manipulated, people are easily led astray, and like there are whole books on this from from the late 1800s mm. to the early 1900s. There were there are lots of studies done on how to manipulate people, mm. how to control populations. Like the Nazis did it, and then scientists took what the Nazis wrote. Even pre yeah, well MK Ultra. <laughs> no, 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 even prior to that, like yeah. how. How how society functions, mm. um, and how it can be manipulated on a large scale using media, mass psychosis, using, that whole thing. Remember? Well, that's that ties into it, you mm. know, mass psychosis. But like how people started to use uh, the radio, the newspapers, mm -hmm. and especially television, Mockingbird, and now Project Mockingbird, Project Mockingbird, declassified. Look into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know the the media and the news to shape people's opinions people yeah. want to be led we don't care we don't do the research that we need to we don't dig into things that we want that we need to we don't bother trying to understand things for for truth's sake for truth's sake yeah well and i think this is why the holy spirit's so important right because when you are why are why are christians aware of things because i believe we have the holy spirit in us and he's prompting us and when we see something he's like hey pay attention to that look at that and i felt that in my own heart where God is kind of making me aware of something by the power of his spirit. But here's the other thing. Again, we talk about humans being sheep needing to be led. But, you know, who is that leader? God, ultimately. The whole his spirit inside of us. 
I don't, we, I don't, we were not made to exist without the Holy Spirit. We were meant to, to, or, or let me, let me rephrase it. We were not meant to exist without relationship to God with him. And when, when divorced from that relationship, we, we become lost. But, but, um, but I do want to say one thing, um, you know, we, looking at like these demonic things that have existed for time immemorial since the beginning and people t trying to tap into that and get information from that to manipulate people how can a single man with the life and average life st lifespan stand against that unless he has god you know inside of him matt you want to say something yeah jesus said that his spirit would come and guide us in all truth mm. the one thing i've learned over the years is to simply ask the holy spirit for the truth uh, in 2013, when I began researching all of these different things and starting to wake up and realize that truth is stranger than fiction and there's a lot going on, I started getting into it with just my own flesh, my head knowledge, my ability to research. And then the Lord said, pause. Ask the Holy Spirit with whatever you look into, ask me what I think about it. Hmm. I will guide you into the truth. And it's not that God doesn't want us to use our minds and ability to research things and hmm. ask questions and investigate. But you really, I think a lot of Christians would, if they paused and asked Holy Spirit, for help to guide mm -hmm. them in the truth and they authentically meant that and were seeking the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, I think a lot more sense would be made of things going on, you know? Mm -hmm. Because we we are inviting God into that process. Right. right. Like if you're ever confused, if you're ever unsure about something, a lot of uh, our reaction is to, ooh, what does Google say? Or what, what does the fact-checking say? Doing it in the flesh, Yeah, right? but you have God in the Holy Spirit who wants to guide us in all truth. Hmm. And one thing he told me was, no topic is too little. He always wants to communicate with us hmm. and lead us in the right direction. Because believe me, it is very easy to be deceived and get sucked into false conspiracy theories or <laughs> like topics hey, hey, that we'll, are just we'll, so we'll like, get into that later <laughs> so I, I also think that a reason why a lot of people aren't aware of this stuff is because they they, they don't know to look for it hmm. they've been conditioned and raised with a society and media and all of these voices telling them a certain thing. Mm. So I think the Holy Spirit is a vital, vital piece in this battle of information and learning the truth because it, he will cut right through all the noise. Because mm. mm. he will guide you in all, all truth. All and truth. And John he 16, will 13. he will always lead you in what the Bible says. Hmm. If you're hearing a voice that says something contrary contrary to what Scripture says, it ain't the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's hmm. probably uh, 
it could be your flesh, it could be the demon, yep. it could be, you know, it's not the Holy Spirit. Because he, like, when you, he, when you, this is something that, you know, people, people talk about, it's like, oh, I hear the Holy Spirit. Yeah, mm. okay. Like, <laughs> I, I hear the Holy Spirit, but, but if it doesn't line up with what Scripture says, mm. in what? theme or in, or in word, then, then it's not, it's not from the Holy Spirit. Question, how do we test Test the spirit. That's a whole other topic. I know. That's a whole other topic. I, I mean, I mean, just how are we he- doing on time? Hearing the one hour. Oh, okay. Um, you know, or fifty-six minutes. Um, I, I mean, how about how about as we'll, 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 we'll wrap this? There, up. Yeah. Let's wrap this up then with saying, you know, how do you guys personally test the spirit? You know, mm-hmm. hear the voice of God in your life, and then we'll, we can we Those, can wrap it up. That's two separate questions. How do we hear the voice of God? Let, 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 let's and say then how do we test it? Uh, yeah, so you can both answer that question. Those two questions, if you whoever wants to start. I I think people hear the voice of God differently, or at mm-hmm. least I'll say I think people are led by the Spirit in different ways. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, they they always open up their Bible and they get it, like. Mm-hmm. You know, an answer to prayer through Scripture, and some people have dreams. Some people um, just kind of have that internal voice. I have experienced combinations of all of these. Um, I think, how do we know it's the Spirit? I think there are a couple of ways. You need first test it against Scripture. If it lines up with Scripture, if it goes along with you know, general precepts and concepts found in Scripture, then I think you're on a good track. I think another way to verify it is talk to other people about it. Say, you know, people you know are believers, Christians who are born again, and um, ask them, hey, I, you know, I'm thinking this, is this, is this the Holy Spirit? Would, they, would God be leading me this way? Is yeah. that like something right to do? Yeah. I think that's a solid. Um, because it's like when you are praying, you and God, you might feel confirmation, but there's also wisdom in getting confirmed by other people. That's That helps you confirm what something is true or highlights when it is false, but it also brings other people into... into um, it, it gives an opportunity for other people to use their gifts and their skills, too. Like... We know in part, and we prophesy in part. That's First Corinthians fourteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, not everyone has it down one hundred percent. Not everyone knows everything all yeah. the time. So we need the body of Christ to Living reflect, reflect the, the 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 truth. The truth, like basically, we need other people to reflect what God has taught them mm-hmm. to us because we don't know everything one hundred percent of the time. I had. Uh, one other thought. It, it'll come back to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt. Similar to Andrew, I've heard the voice of the Lord um, various ways. Uh, a lot of times I get very strong impressions. Um, other times it's like words in my head, sentences mm-hmm. that pop in my head and I hear in my head that I was not thinking about at all. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... One way I know it's from the Lord is if, um, like, it really makes sense, but it's, like, scary. Like, for example, one time I was at, um, Mm. on on my campus, and I'm walking down the hall, 
and in my head, the Lord says, I'm going to have you pray for somebody. I'm like, what? i got to go to class. And then I walk into the men's bathroom, and there's a guy struggling in a wheelchair to wash his hands. And I'm like, okay, was that just my thought, or was that actually God? And then God was like, hey, it's me. I want you to pray for this man. And so I did. The guy in the wheelchair? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He, you know, I just, I just prayed over the guy. You know, I wasn't like cast, like casting out demons or praying that he would walk or anything. But I just felt like this hmm. impression along with those words to make this guy's day, to cheer him up, encourage him a little bit, speak life into him. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. But, um, well, oh, sorry. No, you're saying? I, I think, you know, as Scripture says, we will know His voice. Mm. You just have this internal feeling. You know this is this is the Holy yes. Spirit. If, if you are truly a, a believer, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, mm. He knows you personally and you know Him personally. Not, I know about Jesus, I know Jesus. Mm. He says, my sheep hear my voice. So if, if you are really in sync with Jesus and you are searching for his heart and what he thinks, there's going to be a better reassurance that he is the one talking to you. That's just my experience. Mm, yeah. Sometimes... My, my sheep know my voice and I know them. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. John ten twenty seven. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Um, and it's something you learn. Yeah. You get better at it. You know, you can hear it more clearly as, as you, I think as you are obedient to mm. the genuine voice of the Lord, it gets easier <coughs> to hear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I, I do have a story on that because that, this has been something I've been, mm. you know, asking God for. I, a prayer someone said, uh, someone said to pray this. He said, God, Speak to me in a way I'll understand. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and and I've I've prayed that on and off multiple times in my life. Even when I felt like I've heard God's voice, just because I I need it. <laughs> I was uh, driving home one night, and um, from a friend's house, and it was just a short trip, and I had been praying this prayer because I was like, I just I'm just not hearing, I'm not hearing you, God. Mm. I need some direction, or I just I just want to know you're there. I want that closeness again, and. Um, I drive past a car with its hazards on, and I, I it's, it's its like a split-second, subtle, little impression that I just feel in my my gut or my yeah. heart. And it's just like, oh, go, you know, maybe you should stop and help them. But I feel this with other things, but it's its a little different hmm. when I believe it's God. And I was like, ah, oh, nah, it's, it's late. I don't want to be creepy. And then I was like, oh, you, I feel it again, kind of. I do a U-turn. I drive back. Car's still there. Hazards on. I drove past it, and I was like, ah, I tried to look at the window, didn't see anything, and I drove by them going the wrong way. I'm like, ah, I'll turn around, and then I came back. I looked them, the, the lights were all off, and didn't even see if they were in there, so I drove by it again. <laughs> so I passed the car three times at this point. I go back down the street, and I still feel like you should really go back and help them. So I yeah. turn around, yeah. and I think I may have done that even again. I may have gone there and back again, 
And then I think now they're the wondering third, who's this third time. And, and, and I rolled That's why they turned their lights I off. I rolled the windows. Yeah, no, there were lot, there were cars going by, okay. so I don't think that they. And I was like, and, and I look in, and I was like, hey, wave my hand, and it's just some young kid and his girlfriend, and I'm like, hey, do you, do you guys need help? You, do you have help? Are you guys stuck? He said, well, the, the tire's flat, and I don't know what to do, and my mom's calling AAA. And I was like, well, you have you might have a spare in the back of the car we can see so i just pulled over and changed his tire it was really easy yeah but he just didn't know what to do yeah and he's like i'm stuck you know i don't know how to get home I'm like well you know yeah we can just we can just fix it and go home and so i did that and it, but i remember feeling when i went home like i it wouldn't leave me yeah i mean i drove back like i turned around like three times yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i because i didn't want to be creepy it was it was late but it just—I couldn't shake it. It was like, it just, and it was so subtle. It was like, hey, you should probably go back. Yeah, you know, you should really go. You know, again, you should go back. And yeah. I was like, okay. And I I chalked that up to the small, still voice. That's exact. You know? That is, and it's like in with who, I, who was it? Is Jer- Ezekiel? Uh, uh, Ezekiel? Uh, no, Elijah. Okay. Elijah. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah. he was in the cave. He wasn't. The voice of God wasn't in the so storm. It wasn't voice. in the earthquake. It wasn't in. Um, you know, the fire, it was in that small still I know, that is exactly what I thought. And I think (laughs) what you mentioned is it reminds me that being obedient to that small still voice, usually you can determine if it was the Holy Spirit based on the situation's outcome. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. if it works out, it was usually the Holy Spirit. But, like, if you, there at least for me, like, when I ignore that Mm -hmm. small still voice, it usually ends up going awry. You know, something bad happens, or like, mm. or like, a, I just the situation kind of works itself out. And if I was like, yeah, you know, say I was prompted, I'm, if I was prompted to yeah. to say something and I didn't, someone mm. else will say something very similar to what I was supposed to say, or or um, you know, if I was supposed to do something, someone else, you know, some. I have a few instances, but I won't get into it. But mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, speaking of what Andrew was just saying, I had a, I had a moment, a few years back, um, around the same type of thing, where I was in Walmart, and I saw place. Okay. I saw an employee who had cerebral uh, palsy, cerebral, yeah. palsy, cerebral palsy, and this overwhelming impression came over me to pray for healing over that man. And my cowardice and nervousness got the best of me. I kind of like ignored it, but it kept growing stronger and stronger and stronger as I was shopping. And I almost got to the point where, okay, let's go. Let's go just put myself out there and pray over Mm -hmm. the guy. I ended up not. And... A few weeks later, I go back to Walmart because I finally mustered up the courage to do it. And I didn't see him around. So I went to the desk and asked, like, hey, uh, do you know this guy who works here? It looks like he has palsy. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't work here anymore. He quit the other day. And then the Lord was like, "Oof!" I gave you an assignment. I wanted you to touch this man whether it be healing or words of encouragement or something and you were too fearful Mm. and the god is usually very blunt with me Mm. because i I, i've asked him to like just give me the truth whatever it is Mm. and he said that 
I missed out on some reward in heaven because I was a chicken. And I was like, mm. oh, okay, well, I guess going forward, I should really have courage and do what you ask of me. Mm. That's a whole other topic, but, you know, rewards in heaven That's and interesting. Wow. blessings yeah. that will come yeah. to not only you, but others that you impact. Because mm. we are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. That's really interesting. Wow. Uh, just a side note, I heard I heard it once said. I don't I don't know if it was C.S. Lewis who said it, but they said courage is the foundational virtue on which all other virtues are built. It's like if you don't have courage, you won't be able to be honest. You won't be able mm. to be, um, you know, loving towards people who need love. You mm. won't be able to be firm and defend things when they need to be defended you know what i mean it's like sure. you got to have courage at its foundation and i think that's why scripture talks about the the number one um the number one what is it the number one virtue uh reminder in scripture uh whatever you want to say take heart don't be, be afraid don't be afraid be courageous mm. and i never thought of that as the inverse the opposite of fear is what courage <laughs> um I don't know, smarter people than me have figured this out. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, apathy or... Well, I, I'm just thinking, do not fear. be afraid, take do courage, not, yeah. take heart, yeah. you know. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way. That's, that's really interesting. So, Closing thoughts? Well, I think I think what it, what really strikes me is let's... Let's listen for that still small voice. Um, Matt, what you said I, I really, really touched me just now. I'm just thinking, like, you know, I want to live a life to be re rewarded, rewarded in heaven, to see the most people there enjoying the presence of God, mm. and to have the blessings that come in this life through through obedience but mainly to live a life that is close to God, close um, clo close to his presence and knowing him, um, and, and to have that wisdom, the wisdom of, of living a, to being, and being an ambassador, the wisdom of being a good ambassador on this earth in this time. So, um, yeah, thank, yeah, thank yeah. you guys for, for doing this. Why don't we end with a small prayer and... Uh, We'll just uh, wish everyone a, a good day or night, depending on what time it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dear God, thank you for this time. I pray that you bless all of those listening out there and continue to guide us here <laughs> for more podcasts, God willing, in the future. Um, and we thank you for giving us this time. And I pray that you would speak to us all in a way we, we would understand and if that means being a little blunt at times to help us see things the way that they are and to give and to show us and to teach us so that we would act well and act rightly and, and to do what is pleasing and good for those around us and 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 and, and for what you will God um, that we would see that pray all these things in Jesus name amen amen, amen. all right bye bye everyone thanks for tuning in deuces <laughs>